Welcome to the Social Chameleon, where we have meaningful discussions on a wide variety of topics and ideas to help you on your journey towards self-transformation. As always, show notes, links to things we talk about, and book recommendations can be found at thesocialchameleon.show. Today's episode, we'll be doing part two of the cash flow quadrant concepts, focusing on the B and the I quadrants. Uh, if you missed last week's episode, please check it out, part one, we talk, where we talk about the E and the I. And before we get into this, um, we want to make sure we get a disclaimer. We're not <laughs> licensed professionals. Um, we're not lawyers. We're not CPAs, um, financial advisors, anything like that. Ransom is a licensed realtor and broker in Hawaii. If he wants to speak in his in official capacity, that's up to him. I'm not licensed in anything. Please don't do anything dumb on our recommendations. Um, get this information, validate, and execute. That's, that's the mission here. Um, these are our ideas, experiences, and our observations over our many years of, of being in this space and doing these things. Yeah, sure. So uh, a little recap. Um, if you haven't watched episode, part one, go back and watch part one, um, episode nine, where we talk about the E and the I, the employee, I'm sorry, the E and the S, the employee, and the self-employed or the small business. Um, we get into a lot of different things in there. Um, it would probably be best if you're not familiar with the concepts to go back and watch part one to understand the E and the S and then come in here and then watch the B and the I where we kind of continue on from the uh, left side of the quadrant in, into the right side of the quadrant here, which we're doing today. Oh, good. Ah, great. Let's get yeah. into, let's get into the, um, the, mo the moving parts of it. Right side here, um, the, the B and the I where we, we trade money for money, um, which fall in, in the B and the I. Yeah. And then, you know, um, so Ransom, what, um, what is your definition of being in the B? What, do, what are you thinking about when you hear the B, the big business? Uh, for me, I don't, I don't always see the B quadrant as a big business per se. You know mm -hmm. I mean? Like big, um, right. but I guess more for the purpose. And I guess if you're in the E and the S side of things, you may not see it, but I think of kind of like tax purposes you know what i mean i think of basically this system that runs on its own that's basically just a piece of paper right to me this is a b this wow. shows all your income all your statements all your assets right and it's separate again from from who you are you know sorry papers and stuff over here so this would represent you and then this would represent your b on the side something where it's a system of things mm -hmm. that generates it revenue and you it's a complete separate entity from you i don't know maybe that's too complicated maybe you can kind of simplify it i don't know so like maybe like a category like a like a like an identifier like being a c corp or an s corporation or something like that more more than number of employees or, or, or annual revenue or something like that is that what you're kind of going after uh, yeah, I mean, for if you're going to get into the tax lingo, it just depends on everybody's verbiage on what they want to do, right? You have C-Corps, you have S-Corps, you have limited partnerships. Um, for me, a sole proprietor is more in the S-Quadrant yeah. kind of thing. I don't um, know if it could be a big as, as that. You know, in my opinion, it's not because as sole proprietor, you're still attached to it. You know what I mean? Like, you, it may be a system of things, but then again, yeah, it could be in the B. You're right. I think I think the regulations like over seven and a half million annual annual revenue. That if you're, in my opinion, still a sole proprietor doing eight million a year, you're probably paying way too much taxes. 
Right. But then again, it just comes down to, you know, if you're going to spend eight million a year and you like to, you know, I like, I like to spend eight million a year. <laughs> yeah. sure. You know, that might, that might be the business for you. And if, it, if you're eight million in revenue in cash, again, I'm not here. We're not professionals and not trying no. to talk about avoidance. Yeah. Um, but if you're a cash business, sometimes sole proprietor is the way to go. Yeah. And that's up to you guys to decide. I, like, yeah. like we said in the last episode, and we'll reiterate probably several times today, yeah. go yeah. see a, a tax professional that understands your business and what you're trying to accomplish and see if they can help you lower your tax bill. Yeah. And definitely, you know, it, in my mind, just, just kind of think B does stand for big business, but yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's got a lot of moving parts to me. If you want to simplify the definition a B is a system right? Whether, whether it be of employees or technology or some type of business that you've created that you physically can walk away from. Mm -hmm. And if you're not there, your business will continue to do its own thing, yeah. make its own money, make its own revenue. And that's, um, and that kind of differs, I guess, a little bit from where the iQuadrant, which we'll be talking about a little bit later. Yeah. iQuadrants to me are more like, I guess they're, they're simple, tangible assets like stocks or, right. you know, real estate or mm -hmm. Bitcoin, whatever, you know, whatever you want to think of in, in those terms. But right. for the B, yes, it does make money over time, but it's, it's a little bit more complex system. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for tax purposes, it does fall under one of the schedules. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a pretty easy way to go. I'm not sure. I know what, when, I, when I think about it, I know it's not, in the sense of the word, but when I do think about it, I think of hundred plus million in revenue, right? The big, the big, you know, Samsungs and Apples and Googles and all. That's what I think of. I know that's not entirely what it is. Well, I mean, for for them, you know, and that's, and I think that's the reason why a lot of people, you know, maybe they might be scared to get into this territory or scared to start their own business because they look at something like that and they think, I oh, you know that can never be me. Like I can't. I can't do that. I can't fathom that. But what most people, you know, don't think about is those businesses all started from, from nothing. Apple started from a garage, a garage. Yeah. With two guys, just like me and you, you know, right. and that's, that's how it started, you know, and they were probably originally a sole proprietor. Yeah. And from there they turned into like a C corp or S corp or whatever the tax law mm -hmm. was at the time that gave them the advantage. Yeah. And it kind of, it kind of grew into something bigger. So, you know, I mean, I don't always, I, that's the end product for right. sure. Right. That's the end product. That's one of the drawbacks of having to be, um, is that, you know, when it gets too big and when it gets to something that's necessarily, you know, uncontrollable, you have so many employees, you have so many assets that you have to manage, mm -hmm. you know, um, you got a lot of red tape or you can't grow anymore, you know, like. Those are all good problems to have. Yeah. Me, good problems to have, but you know, they're very hard problems to solve. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it just kind of, just kind of depends. So, you know, I, you're right They're They are big, but the main thing I think we're looking at is that they generate some type of passive income coming back to mm -hmm. us. You know what I mean? Whether that be in a large chunk of change, like if you sell your company, you know what I mean? Or if they pay royalties over time, mm -hmm. um, and unlike the I quadrant in the B quadrant, you can kind of, for the most part, you can control a little bit of aspects, right? Mm -hmm. 
Versus if you're in the I quadrant, you, you have this stock and you can't really do much with that stock, right? Yeah, you have no control over ups yeah. and the downs and what they do and where they shift. The buyers and the sellers control the price of that mainly, um, you know, but if you own a company, right, like say Apple, right? If you own that company and you come out with a new product, right? Like when the iPhone first came out, like it changed the world. It changed yeah. Apple. You know yeah. what I mean? It When you create a product like that, that's that can make your business grow exponentially and have a lot of returns on you. You know, yeah. that's, that's kind of what I go. I remember, I forget when we had or how we got this conversation, but remember about that conversation, we got into that argument about creating a market. Remember that? Oh, you're like, you're like, oh you can't yeah, create that market. Like 10 years. I, was like, I was like, dude, what are you talking about? What do you, yeah. what do you mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I want to revisit that now, but I, I'm still the mindset that, I don't believe you can truly create a market for something. Um, I believe you can find it. I believe you can find it. But how do you find something that's not there? <laughs> it is there. You just haven't found it yet. You know what I mean? That's like saying my wife is out there. Like, I don't create my wife. I find her. You know what I'm saying? Maybe someday we might. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> but, I, don't you, I don't know if you watched that show on HBO, Silicon Valley. The last couple episodes, this guy took funding and made an AI robot that like he was in love with. Oh no! No, I'm not. I'm not about. And then to the robot that. was like trying to call out and like, "This, this guy's like, kind of gross and creepy. Like he's like <laughs> using me." And it's like, I've seen. You know, I've seen robots and dolls, but all right, we'll get we're getting back to the subject matter um, but, about creating markets. I mean. I definitely think I that guess, you can create a product yeah. that will that will bring something new to life. Yeah. Uh, whether you want to call that a market, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I I, I'd say my view has changed slightly on that conversation, whatever, seven, eight, ten years ago, whatever. Yeah, I don't know when that was. Because, you know, there is the the um, the theory of every, you know nothing's created or destroyed. Everything is you know ever here, right? Sure. So it right, just changes, right. changes form. So technically you would be right. These things are already here. We just got to manifest them and bring them into, into right. Life. I mean, I, I definitely believe that there are products and services out there that people are waiting for. Right. You know, that, that if they were to all of a sudden show up, people would be like, Oh man, like, yeah, this is a great service. Why hasn't this been here before? Right. And so many things like, like Henry Ford said, he's like, if I asked people what they wanted, they would have just told me faster horses. Right. So but he came up with something better, right? Right. No, no, that faster horses, cars, cars. These, yeah. You know, and it's the same thing, you know, if Steve Jobs walked around and said, Hey, how would it be great if you could touch your phone screens? Like that's stupid. We have buttons. We don't need that. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, again, these are all things where, you know, we can agree to disagree, but you create a market or you find a market where everybody's willing to rush. To. Right. Um, those are the kind of things that when you're in the B realm, that's what creates a difference. You know what I mean? Do. Yeah. Um, and then there's this good, um, I don't know what to call it, whatever, not theory, but it's called the blue ocean strategy where you, you look for, it's really a great book. Um, there's two books on it, on it now. I, I, I love the concept because what it talks about is, is stay out of the, the, the red oceans, the red water where everybody's at, everybody's feeding. It's a frenzy and the margins are slim and everything's so small. Right. It's like mainstream. Yeah, so so think about it. Find find out 
where the blue ocean is. Where is the opportunity that's nobody's at? Where's the things that nobody's thinking of? Like I, like the one story in a book, they, they were um, they were working with this company in Brazil in a t- toilet paper, and it's like this so, such a competitive market, and um, that there's like no margins because everything was the same. Was, everybody just bought what was cheapest, not for any other reason, you know, for the most yeah. part. So the company decided like, well, what's the problems? Like, what's when on the market? What are the things in the market that people think? Well, most people go to the supermarket and they're carrying home these roll these packs of toilet paper. So they only buy the size that they can carry. So then the company said, well, what if we come up with rolls that can can squish? And then when you undo the package, the rolls pop back up. And then they 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 tested it, did it, and they wound up finding a whole new market with massive margins. Yeah. Increased, they decreased their costs, they decreased the packing material, which increased their margins. Right. And, and, and people were like, this is great. I can I can buy this big pack of toilet paper because it's shrunk down. And instead of coming walking home with six rolls, I can come home with 24. Those are the types of things you can do. Who would have thought, right? Shit loads of toilet paper, like literally. Right, I just have Amazon deliver my shit every month. I don't even think about it. But, but hey, it's easier for Amazon to, to deliver those rolls though, right? You know what I'm saying? Right, exactly. And, and, and you can, you know, like I said, they decrease their, their, their material costs. So that's less things we're out there, we're out there mining or, 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 you know, recycling and we can do different things with them. And the impact on the environment is less the, the the fuel costs are less to haul these trucks and all, all these things that were so vast, instead of trying to figure out how to just slim our margins down a little, they created a whole new opportunity by thinking about it. And that's when you, ha- in, and then it's not always in the B. Sometimes you can start off at, in the E, come up with that type of idea, and then work your way down into that B quadrant where you're yeah, but creating, definitely creating those, markets, creating yeah. different ideas, bringing things mm-hmm. in being the Ubers, you know, and the different things like that, and the Apples and, you know, the Googles and all these people that we, we, we look up to nowadays, that, that's where these, you know, things can be done. But those, those type of ideas are a lot more beneficial to you as the B person. You right. Know, if you come up with that as the E, um, you know, your employer is going to get that benefit. Yeah, you know, unless you're doing it on the side, on, you know, or if you really enjoy being an E in this company and you like finding these blue oceans these these opportunities yep. there's a lot of, there's a lot of room out there there's a lot of, there a lot of companies need those types of employees there is there is and there's a ton you know and that's the thing you know um we we keep hearing about oh there's no jobs with that no really really there's millions of jobs out there for things that people maybe don't want to do or whatever you know what i mean but these are some opportunities that 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 maybe they're out there for you that maybe you never thought of you know, being getting out there and, and you know maybe being a welder and then coming up with these things to better the industry or better better the industries that surround them and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the to me that's the beauty of the B is that mm-hmm. you know I mean you have control. Like yes. you, if you have this new idea, I mean, granted, not everybody has new ideas like that. I mean, they're more common than most people think. Yes. I think I think a, a money making idea comes along all the time, every day just people, you know, they, they either stuck in the E quadrant, so they can't see the picture of like the B, the B quadrant. Um, but when those ideas come along, you can take it and run with it. And, and the sky is the limit. There's, there's literally nothing you, you can or can't do in that section. And that was one of the, I think one of the biggest lessons I ever learned um, early on was somebody had said, I don't, I don't remember who I wish I could give them um, the yeah, credit, uh, the credit for it, but you're the man, you're the woman. Well, whoever it was, I don't remember, but they said that once in a lifetime opportunity comes around every day. You just got to be willing to see it. Yeah. And I yeah. never, I was like, 
holy shit, you're right. Like I never, we always think, oh my God, we got to get out. This is a once in a lifetime thing. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're not in tune to it or we don't see it or it's not in our area of, of expertise, but they're always out there. These opportunities are always there. I forget who said it too, but it's like usually like the crazy ideas that people like turn away all the time yeah. are the ones, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that would never happen. Yeah. But, um, I mean, we hear about these all the time. Unfortunately, those are glorified. And we don't yeah. hear about the 75 billion that have failed and, and just ruined people and ruined stuff. But you've got to understand, yeah. um, I actually did a, I actually had a conversation yesterday on, on, on within a daily store community about this. And then I actually posted something today on my Instagram and stuff about this, but yeah, challenging those things and, and maybe pushing, pushing bounds of, of things that we, we always thought were not possible. You know what I mean? But also understanding like how much can you bend the will of the world or how, how, how much can you, can you, um, can you push and go, you know, by, you know, there's only so much that will ever change or ever is possible and understanding like that, that balance between, you know, this will never, it's not physically ever possible versus nobody, just because nobody's done it doesn't make it possible. Yeah. I mean, that just, that always goes back to the, any Disney movie or anything like that. Like your dreams are, are your dreams, you know, it's up to you to make them happen. And just because it's not possible now doesn't mean that it won't be possible in the future. Yeah. Who knows? You might be the very well person that's going to make that, make that a reality, you know? Yeah. But, you know, those are the things that I think are a lot of benefits to the B is that, you know, you, you have control, right? You get this passive money over time. And if you have a money-making idea or you have something that you can exploit, like those are going to have exponential like returns on your yes. investment for sure. Yes. Um, some of the other advantages that the B people have or the B quadrant has that the S quadrant doesn't necessarily have are the tax advantages yeah you know um usually as an s i in in my mind you know please don't limit me to this but you know just in general terms s people are normally sole proprietors right so they have all of their income in one section uh for the b quadrant you know you can create multiple businesses to hold multiple assets Mm -hmm. um and that's that's kind of the beauty of it you have all this money in pocket section a here and then all of a sudden you make too much money in this section yeah well guess what now we're gonna limit the money that we have in this section and we're gonna come up with section b here so now we have two corporations instead of one and i'm holding this paper up when i have a dry erase board back there but uh, we'll get into that later no my 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 favorite story on that was uh, i don't know if you remember this but the guy was he's like he went to his um his tax attorney, whatever it was, and said, I, I want to buy a yacht. How can I make that tax-free? Oh, I think I remember the story. Yeah. And the guy's like, well, unless you buy a yacht company and then build a yacht for like demonstration purposes or something along these lines. Yeah, he wanted to, actually, he wanted to buy the yacht tax-free. He yeah, wanted he wanted to, to buy the yacht tax-free and the, guy, the attorney or whatever it was was like, unless you own a yacht company, that you can't right. do that. He's like, okay. And he went out and he bought a yacht company. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but... These are the things you can do. Like, you want a yacht tax free? We'll go buy a yacht company and then build the yachts as a as a demo or whatever right. it was he used to get that free yacht. And not only does that the yacht that company actually wind up being more profitable than the company other company he owned to buy the yacht company. <laughs> right, but 
again, those are things that the B has that yeah. the E will, will never see. And sometimes the S that sometimes the S will have that same, will have that same. Those tactic, things are there. Right. But now instead of, I don't know how much yacht costs, let's just say 60,000. I don't know. You know what I mean? We'll, Throw an okay. M on the end of that. All right. All right, wait, 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 wait. you want to go a mil? You want to go a hundred thousand? I don't know what you, how much yachts cost. Mil, I could say is a nice. Oh, 60 mil. Okay, so whatever you want to buy the 60 million dollar yacht, right? And it would take so much to pay taxes on 60 million. I think you're in like the 50 percent tax bracket, something like that. Um, if you if you make that kind of income, right? Um, so when you look at it, you're gonna have to make double that, you're gonna have to make 120 mil. Right. pay taxes of $60 million and then use that $60 million to buy your yacht. As the B, you can make that 60 million in your company here and then write your yacht off as an, as an expense, right? Because you need that yacht for business, right? You're purchasing these yachts so that you can sell them. Right. Now you own a bunch of yachts and all of these yachts are expenses. So those are kind of the benefits of, of being in the B. The S also has this too, mm -hmm. where the things that you purchase will be expenses to your business right. instead of things that you have to pay expenses on first. And yeah. then you have to buy it with after tax money. That's one of the biggest, the biggest advantages that the B, the B and the S have. Right. Yeah. The only time the E can ever match that type of uh, match that it's similar, but it's not the same is if you were to open up a retirement account, when you open up a retirement account and you know, not the Roth ones, it's your standard traditional IRAs or defined contribution plans. The money that you put into your retirement account comes from pre-tax dollars. And that's like one of the, that's one of the many things. So if you're in the E, you do have an exploit that's similar like that. I don't want to use that word exploit, but you do have a way of investing in the future with pre-tax dollars. Yeah. It's just limited. And in the B and the S, you have a lot more options. Yeah. That's basically yeah. what I'm trying to And I guess the money does go in tax-free, but when it does come out, it will be taxed. Right. And we're not talking about avoidance here again. Yeah, we, we, I, I just want to make it. Yeah. I, we're I, talking I, about more deferral. Same thing with the business. Like you own that yacht for the purpose of the business. Sure. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when you want to either sell that yacht, you're going to have to pay taxes on it or, you know, whatever the case might be. As long as the yacht stays within the business, you should be using it for business purposes. You shouldn't be using it for, you know, again, you know, neither here nor there, just, these are just some of the advantages and things that, that people may not see. And yeah, these are ideas to, 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 you can use to um, either maybe go into this, not knowing these things or being there and maybe a smaller stage or something like that. You can start to get creative and say, you know, I needed some things I never thought about being right. able to maybe write these off or maybe these things maybe not qualify. And that's when I, I know I'm going to keep saying it. It's important when you want to do these things, go see a tax attorney or whomever it is and, and say, listen, I'm thinking about this. Like, where, 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 where's my leverage? Where am I at? Like, how can I make this work to my advantage? How can yeah. I limit my downside risk on this? How can I make this cost less in the, in the long run? Yeah. And those are, you know, again, you, you need a team. That's one of the drawbacks too of, of being in the B quadrant is that you need a team of professionals. You, there's no way that you can be the master of everything. You can't be a lawyer. You can't be an accountant. You can't be, 
you know, a, a professional marketer all at the same time. Right. Um, even if you're a superstar, you might be able to do a lot of these things very well. Yeah. But I'm sure if you went out and you hired, you know, the best attorney you find, that attorney would be able to help limit your risk. If you found yeah. the best accountant or tax person, they would be able to add things to your to your repertoire. Yeah. And I think too, these people, these people live in this space. So they do every day. They know what works in reality, what doesn't work in theory. Like, yes, theoretically, those are possible. But from our experiences, these things don't pan out the way they do. You might not ever see those things. You know, these are the reason you hire these people for their experience, for yeah. their um, the, the time they spent, for, for the practical knowledge and all the different things that they, they've done. And then I remember when we first started, I was kind of scared, intimidated that, you know, we had to go talk to all these professionals. But after a while, I, I kind of found that it was enlightening. It's like, man, like there's so many things that, that I know now that I can, that I could do, you know, as a person that I never thought possible getting back to that whole thing. It's like, I never thought this was possible. But now that I'm talking to all these professionals and experts in these arenas, like it, it, it feels enlightening. It feels empowering. It is. Yes. So that, you know, it is a drawback that you will have to, you know, a lot of these people you have to hire, uh, you know, if you want the best of the best, they're, mm -hmm. they're going to demand prices, right? They know what they're yeah. worth. And sometimes you can sidestep that by just asking one of these people to lunch. I mean, mm -hmm. if you know them well enough, you can just go have lunch, talk story yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And a lot of times too, nowadays with the internet and stuff, some of these guys have these public personas, they yeah. have YouTube channels and maybe they do Instagram things. I've seen some of these guys doing these things now. Um, I do recommend some of my uh, marketing clients to, to be the voice in their industry, to speak up and educate yeah, the community. Definitely. So, so there's that opportunity too. There's a lot of these, there's a lot of professionals out there that just like to give advice, you know, and they they're on these websites and if, if you find a good one you know they might be a source of it uh, and I guess caution to the wind when approaching professionals and experts in these things like if it's if it's something you can YouTube or something you can look up on your own easily Google you, you might want to do your research first before asking them something that's just a simple question because that simple question may require you as a person to research a little bit more on the topic before you can tackle it uh, you know, again, these are complex, complex things, you know, that these professionals talk about and don't be scared. Definitely. I, I wouldn't recommend being scared if that's, you know, definitely know your cup of tea. But to me, I found a lot of these things to be enlightening and that's a big, it is why I wanted this stuff to be on the show, you know, but that just goes like with the different mindset, you know, a lot of people, I, I think I did this the other day, right? Like if I'm holding up my hands, right? Like, mm -hmm. this is my, you know, raise your right hand. Like, the people watching, they yeah. raise their right hand. But if you look at what I'm doing, this yeah. is actually my left hand. Right. Or is it, right? Because you're looking at a, a mirror image of, right. of what I'm doing, <laughs> right? So it's, it's just like a mind trip. Like, people, you know, if you think like an employee, right? If you think like a small business person, a lot of the difficulty is just going to be understanding mindset. Right? Yeah. Understanding that, you know, the guy in the, the guy that's in the video, he's actually raising his left hand instead of, you know, you raising your right. Like there's just subtle differences that, that will make all the difference from, from going from either the E or the S to the B quadrant. And 
those subtle differences will give you a world of advantage for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's the thing. Don't, don't be, like he said, don't be scared. Don't be intimidated. Go speak to these professionals. Yeah. Um, it costs nothing to talk to somebody. Nothing. More often than not, it doesn't cost anything to, to interview them and see, see what they can do to maybe help you. Right. Definitely. And, and if so, it, you know, maybe a couple hundred dollars an hour, but whatever the case might be, if you have a real problem that you need to solve, you should be talking to an expert yeah. in any, in any way, shape or form. And, and understand the, the value they're going to give and maybe the discount you're going to receive. If, if this person costs $10,000 to give this advice that saves you $300,000, that's a great return on $10,000. Right. And again, you know, with the B and the big business, we tend to think big. But, you know, the numbers don't have to be that big or you can you can take the numbers off. You know, what if you got to pay this attorney a hundred bucks to take a look at something but that's going to save you a thousand bucks or yeah. even, even if he saves you 200 bucks, like that's still a hundred dollars in your pocket. Boom. You know, that, you know, the numbers don't again, this the B does stand for big business, but it, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't yeah. have to. Yeah. Understand yeah. these concepts. They can be used at a smaller scale. You yeah. don't have to be a 200, 500 million dollar Fortune 500 company that you, nope. these you, can be a, you can be a small. And I think at the time we were going to that real estate investor thing, I think the magic number was, was it 70? Is that 70 K a year? I think I'll, I'll don't quote me on that again, you know, go see professionals. Plus, you know, the, the new tax code this past year that, yeah, a lot of things are going to be changing with that. Yeah, but I know on the, on the flip side though, like I, if, if you're out there and you're in the S section and you make about 70 a year, Go, go talk to, go interview some tax, go interview some tax professionals. Um, Cause I believe at the 70,000 mark, you, I know, can, I know. you can change your structures and, and save yourself some money. Definitely. Something in that range. Something in that range. Yeah. You know, and then just, just comes back to why we're starting all of this, right? The B quadrant is money coming upon money. If you're mm -hmm. in the E section or if you're in the S section, you know, you're the person doing the work. You have to trade your time for your to get money in return. Mm -hmm. uh, with the B, and then we're going to be going into the I quadrant real soon here. Those are things that, if you establish them correctly, yeah. they will bring you money in over time. And that's, to me, that that's kind of where it's at. Because one day you're not going to be able to work. Yeah, you know, whatever the case might be. Yes. Uh, you know, we do have Social Security that's out there, but that's a limited amount of income. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, especially, you know, they say if you're in your thirties or so now, there might not ever be social security for you. Uh, I, I'm not so sure about that. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to start that, that myth. I'm not, I'm not saying this is fact, but I'm just saying these are things to think about. Like now we think about these things and like, Oh, well, yes, I have this plus social security. But if you're in our, in our age range, this might not be something that's there for you. You know, so, right. so take that into consideration. Like, listen here, here's, this is what I'm possible, but I'm going to, I'm going to hedge against that not being around. That's that. And I like that. I like that approach a lot better. Um, you know, hedging, right? Like we know social security is an option. However, this is going to bring in more income. We want yes. more streams of income coming into you. That's going to make, you know, those retirement years a lot better, you know, fourth quarter, we want to make sure it's taken care of. Yes. You know? a lot of these ideas are definitely things that you can get into. So I guess for the B quadrant in, in a nutshell, those are kind of the things that 
that you have tax advantages yes. from liability yes. and all of that when we move into the i quadrant on on that section i guess before we get in there um what was that i was looking up i had a joke or something like that i don't know if i asked google or something whatever <laughs> but um uh, it was a financial joke it's like the market was bad and my financial advisor slept like a baby he woke up every two hours crying <laughs> he's just like oh, i don't know but uh still a joke tough crowd i guess but you know again uh again it's just you know this is the section that people are fearful possibly or maybe they think they have enough time yeah i'm not sure why people don't get started in this section but you know, it's, I, know. I think a lot of it is one of those things like they create this language and these things and and a lot of times you're made to feel like you you don't understand this so this isn't for you you know like you listen to a lawyer talk you're just like what are you fucking talking about you know yeah. like a doctor's yeah. and the same thing with the financial industry you know, they, they make up these things and they, they make it seem complicated. And a lot of times they tell you, listen, this is complicated. And it's like, it can be like anything in life can be complicated. Right. But there's also fundamental base rules that for everything. And yeah, this is an area that has that. Yeah, in general. So I guess I guess some of the definitions of, of the I quadrant, what do you what do you think in defining the I quadrant if you can kind of give life? My, my simplification of the I is, is, is your money's making more money for you. Right. Money making money. Yeah. And I, that's, that's definitely true. Um, and we talked, I guess, about the more complicated section of the B, right. Versus this whole system of things, right. Either employees or systems behind it that generate revenue. I's are more, a little bit tangible. They're, they're something that's simple, you know, something that you can see hold, right. Like a right. stock. Right. Like a stock is, you know, basically a piece of paper like this. You can actually get a certificate. Yeah. Um, and nowadays everything's electronic. Uh, so, you know, you, you rarely, I think I've only held maybe a few stock certificates in my life. I don't yeah. know what I've done. I've seen a few, like uh, my grandparents suddenly had. Yeah. But nowadays you just basically, it's all virtual, you know, just like your bank account. When you go online, you check your balance. Same thing with shares of stock. It's all ones and zeros. Yep. I guess because I do hold my license, right? I, I believe real estate is also another good investment, right? Mm -hmm. um, you can own it. That way you're not paying somebody else's rent every month. Yeah. You're paying yourself. The other thing you can do is if you own real estate, you can go rent it out. And that property will, again, just bring revenue to you as long as there's a tenant in it, you know? Mm -hmm. As long as the vacancies. Yeah. And that's the thing, two people... Um, they, they kind of, you know, worry about these some kind of things like, oh, what if there's not a penny? Well, what if, what if I'm not making any money every month? What if I'm just breaking even or I'm losing a little bit? But you've got to um, have a longer term vision and focus on it. So maybe month to month you're not making anything or maybe you're losing a bit. But at the end of the year, are you recouping these in tax benefits and tax breaks? Or, or even if you're not, are you thinking that's okay now, but in three, five, 10, 15 years, that's not going to be a problem this place is going to be paid off or whatever, you know, and then I'll have this asset free and clear. Yeah. And that, that goes back to a lot of people, even with the, the question is your, is your own home an asset or is it a liability? Right. And to me, I mean, I can, I could go either way with that. Yes. Yeah. On a month to month basis, if you live in your home, you're still paying 
X amount of dollars to stay there. Right. Yeah. But most homes have some type of fixed mortgage. Nowadays, 40 more, 40 year mortgages are becoming more popular. But, uh, Hey man, Japan, dude, they have 99 year mortgages. Oh, that's the future. Yeah. I mean, generationally speaking, right? Yeah. Like if you buy a house, you're going to give it to your children. Yeah. hundred years is not really that bad. Right. Especially in some place like Japan where, um, those things are baked into the culture, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's generational. Yeah. You're thinking about two, three generations. Generation down the line. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, when you think of that, you know, um, just like estate planning, you know, uh, I remember, you know, James Campbell out there, they're leasing things for 99 years. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, wow, it's a deal. You're, you're going to lease yeah. me this for 99 years. But in the back of my mind, James Campbell is a B, you know, they're in the B quadrant. He's not going anywhere. Nope. James dead. is an estate. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's, that's the thing we didn't really get into about the B is that that's a legacy you can leave behind for generations to come. That yeah. B is going to keep going even after you're, you're long and gone. Yep. You know, so for people like us, we look at 99 years, we're not going to live that long, but the James Campbell estate, right? The mm -hmm. B quadrant, they're going to be around forever. Yeah. Just like, um, was it, I forget what the school, I, I don't know if it was uh, Harvard or Princeton or whatever, Yale or whatever it was, but Benjamin Franklin left a hundred dollars in, um, when he died in a, in an annuity or whatever it was um, for them. And then he, they could not use, touch that account for a hundred years. And at the end of a hundred years, they had like a billion dollars. Yeah. And that's he had set this university up for life with a hundred bucks and a hundred year lock on that. Right. And, and that's the thing about the I quadrant is, is time is basically on your side. Yeah. This money is going to keep coming in time over time and month after month. And, and that's the idea. So time, time is the X factor. Time is your, is your advantage. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm a firm believer in the sooner you start, the better. Yes. However, you know, I also understand that, you know, people are young and people aren't, you know, educated. They want to do other things with their money for whatever reason that might be. And that's fine. But eventually, yep. you know, especially third, third, fourth quarter people, you know, you should be looking into that. If you're in the first or second quarter, you got time. I would definitely recommend dabbling, putting a little bit of money in there, you know, getting the training, mm -hmm. getting the training wheels on, starting the thought processes. Um, it just could be as little as, you know, five, ten dollars a month. It's just anything starting to build that habit. Yeah of doing it, it even if you can automate it, it it's yeah. something that's simpler like what's, what's one cup of what's one cup of starbucks every week you know i can miss that's that like the worst fucking analogy ever. <laughs> yeah but you know getting started in the i quadrant i want to put a small caveat you know things like savings accounts or as i call them certificates of depreciation um yes. those are a lot of I guess I can call them ancient technologies, but you know, those are things that were yeah. popular when, when I was a child. Uh, and the reason that they oh, were getting 10% back then. Right. Well, yeah, the reason that it, that it was popular is because it made sense to do so. But nowadays savings accounts, I, I can't even name one savings account that give you 1%, you know, I think there's a couple out there, but 1%, saying, I don't know. Inflation is 4% on average. <laughs> so every well, year on average, you're losing 3% of your money. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, let's, let's not get into that. I, I just basically understand that a savings account is something that's used in the event of an emergency. 
you yes. get laid off, you get injured temporarily, you got to go through the rehab process, get better so you can get back to work. Um, you know, you crash your car. Something pops uh, up. You know, yeah. You, you know, you, you have an unexpected child or grandchild. Like those are things that like savings accounts are going to help you. Right. Like a friend or family's in trouble or something like that. You need something, quick cash to help out or whatever. Uh, but the things that are in the investment have a probably, I guess, better return on investment. Uh, yeah. we, I don't know the audience of the show. Some of you may be good. I guess I'll just play the middle ground. Uh, return on investment is basically if you're going to put money down, return investment is going to come back to you, right? So we're talking about that 1%. Let's just use 10 as a round number. You put $10 in, your return on your investment is 1%. For most institutions, that return on investment is annually. Mm -hmm. So that means that every year you have $10 in the account, $1 will be returned to you. I know that's not great. Again, savings accounts are not the way to go. Uh, however, that's just the simple concept and how it works. Traditionally, I think the stock market over time is it like eight to twelve percent is is kind something, of something along those lines. I think that's something along the lines of um, something on average. And this is again over time. Just know that there are some years like two thousand and eight, you will lose money, and right. there are. Some years, like 2009, you will make money because the stock market goes up. But over time, gradually, as things progress, like the stock market traditionally has 8 to 12%. S&P 500 is 9.8%. Okay. There you go. Not bad. You know? So those are the things. Again, uh, you want to round it up to 10%. Sure. So if you, you know, put that 10, well, actually, I, my math was wrong. We were doing this live. But if you do. I was going to say 10% is a dollar. Yeah. No, it's out of 100. Yeah. yeah so out if of you 100. Put $100 in. Sorry. Yeah, so I need to go back to school there. Sounds great. But, uh, <laughs> it's just gradually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see how it all went out. But yeah, so if you put $100 in there, I guess round numbers. Yeah. 1% uh, correction. Maybe we'll have to take that out. Uh, 1% correction is, is going to be $1 coming back to you every year versus 10% is going to be $10 coming back to you every year. So $100, right? Yeah, out of 100 So just, just kind of get out there and get that. I know for those of you starting out, like $10 on 100 you know, but over time, right? Like just depends on the matter of years that you have that, right? So now that $110 that you mm -hmm. get, Right. You get another 10% on that. Right. And eventually over time, right. Which is why if you're in the first and second quarter, I understand it's, it's something that's, you know, not going to be worth it to you because you think the percentages are small. However, you know, if you actually take a look at over time, if you start now in the first quarter and you invest throughout, well, let's say, let's just say you invest throughout the entire second quarter of your life. Mm -hmm and you stopped at the second quarter. At the end of the start of third quarter, you stopped investing. Let's take one time out. So we're talking from zero to 25, quarter one, 25 to 50, quarter two, and so on and so forth. Uh, that, that's, that's how the book defines it. I, I don't want to put numbers on it. I just want to put... I'm just looking at a frame of reference for people. Let's just, uh, I guess I don't like to use this. If you're, if you're in your T's, right? If you're in your T's, that'll be your first quarter. If you're in your F's, right? Then we're, then we're, then we're, then we're pushing like, you know, uh, 
third quarter there. That's that's kind of where you know where, where we're at. That's a good that's a good way of finishing too. You know what I mean? Um, you yeah. Tees are for second quarter. 40s, 50s. Yeah. If you're in your F's, that's your third quarter already. You know what I mean? And then when you hit your S's, that's that's going to be your fourth quarter section right there. So, you know, that's kind of I like that analogy. That works for me. So, you know, if you're if you're still in your T's, right? You're in your first quarter. If you would have invested throughout all of your T's. By the time you got to um, F, right, and you stopped at F, you stopped. I, I don't really like saying that, but anyway, you stopped in your you stopped in your third quarter. You wouldn't have to invest anymore. No. Yeah, you're yeah. you're done. You're good. All the rest of the money that you make from third quarter on is yours. I, I think. Versus, if you started in third quarter, right, when you're when you're in your F's, if you started in the third quarter, you would never catch up. If you started when you're in your yes. okay. I want to say in in Tony Robbins' book Unshakable, and I think um, Money Master Game, I want to say they did an example of like twenty to thirty stop, and then yeah. like thirty to forty stop, and the guy that did twenty to thirty, he blew everybody out of the water. Right. And, and other people actually added more money or something like that. I wish I had the example. Uh, maybe I could if I find it, I could pop it from the screen. But. No, I mean, but just just in general, you know, again, if you're in first and second quarter, you know, twenties and thirties it's just something to know that if you would have invested throughout all of your twenties and thirties, you, you would be good. You'd be yeah. golden because now you have something that's going to roll over time versus when you're starting out in your forties, um, you know, now you got to start from scratch. You, you know, yeah. you got a lot to catch up and, you know, and think about this. So when that first pot of money you put in about every two and a half years or so, that initial pot doubles. And then those, then, and then that, New pot doubles again, so you know what I mean. You start with the hundred, let's say it, it, and it doubles to two hundred. Then it doubles to four, six, eight, and it just keeps going and snowballing. Right, and but again, you know, I'm not. We're not here to, you know, tell you you're going to get great returns if you start early. There are people who no. start early that you know it doesn't work out. You know, uh, this is something that's just work in progress, yeah. and this is one of those things where time is on is on your side. Yes. The sooner you start the better off, the more opportunities that you have, like the better off you are. Yeah. Uh, the later you start, the less opportunities you have, and more importantly, the less time you have. Yeah. So in essence, um, I guess from here, you know, I just kind of want to start to talk about the different structures that we have. Yeah. I know for most people, if you're in the E quadrant, taking a leg and stepping into the I quadrant, definitely go see your employer. Um, see if there's some type of either defined contribution or defined benefit plan. You don't really see too many defined benefit plans uh, for those of you that are kind of lost in the verbiage of whatever, but get like some kind of 401k or get some kind of IRA um, in which you can kind of start on your own. A lot of these employers will match you uh, yes. 5%. I want to I think, say, I think, I think something like that is like the average three to 5%. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I think even go a little bit about five percent, but you know, but that's money that they're just gonna give you for your retirement. That's free money. Free money. That's definitely something that you can go get started now, uh, and and you know, be kind of hands off, but be unemotional. You don't need to know what type of tax structure you're gonna have to do that. You don't you know everything's just set up in a package for you. 
Yep. I think that's a, I think that's definitely a good way to start. Yeah. Uh, and, and who knows, you know, there may be some of you out there that have had employers in the past where you actually did start a 401k and you quit that job and your 401k is still out there floating wherever sitting yeah. it's going to be, you know, you have the opportunity to take that and roll it over into whatever it is you want to roll it over into. You know, go contact that company, go find out, Hey, did I have a, you know, an investment account with you? And like, yeah, you do. It's still here. Yeah. You know, you may find out that it's been making money while it's been sitting there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, you may find out it's been losing money since it's been sitting there. Who knows what, you know, what it is, but definitely take time, get out there, find out what it's doing. You know, that's to me, a big part of learning is getting out there and doing it. Yes. You know? Be responsible. You know, don't, don't throw all your money in at, at at the, the penny stocks, they're just going to promise you doubling returns, but you know, get started, throw a reasonable amount of cash, maybe 20% at it, 10%, five, whatever you feel comfortable throwing at Starting it. is the key. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, you definitely want to find a, um, I guess a good company to do that with there. There's a lot of bad ones, unfortunately. You know? And that's the thing. Be, be aware when you're, when you're out there looking at um, these companies, whether it's through your employer or it's on your own. Um, and don't get lost in analysis. Don't not start. Yeah. But try and get into a company um, that the, the people there are, are fiduciaries and make sure they're not dual licensed so that sometimes they'll say, oh, yeah, I'm a fiduciary, but I'm also a broker. And you don't ever know which hat they're wearing. So the brokers, um, they're not legally required to do what's in your best interest. I know this, the person there, may think and feel they are, but ultimately they work for this company X and they're selling company X's products and services. And sometimes these people don't even understand that, you know, they're not doing you the best that could be done. So try and find a fiduciary if you can. There's lots of things out there. Like, you know, there's things like Wealthfront and stuff that are just purely online that are automated. Um, you put money in and stuff and it's, it's really, really a lot better. I don't want to get too lost in the verbiage because, you know, we got to play right. the middle ground. There's, there's some people who understand what you're saying, but there's, there's probably going to be a lot of people who don't. Maybe just just understand the word fiduciary and try and see if they are and find ones that are singly yeah. licensed as fiduciaries. You know, again, for me, the, the only way you're going to find out is if you do, unfortunately. But pay attention to things like, you know, if you have to pay fees to keep this account up, yes. if you, you know, um, Pay attention to what types of investments um, your money's going into and see whether those investments are, you know, beneficial to you. You know, I definitely recommend getting started. And yes. if it seems kind of complicated right now, it's just, trust me, you, you got to get out there. You got to get your feet wet a little bit. You'll start to learn and then you'll know what fees to look for. You'll know what types of returns you're going to want. You know, number one, get started. Yeah. I can't say anything. For those people who are in the S quadrant, if you're trying to get into the I quadrant, um, you have some of the best uh, investor tools available for you. You, as an owner of your own company, or even the B quadrant, you can create whatever type of defined contribution, defined benefit plan that you want for yourself. It's your company. You can create an investment. Definitely, if you are self-employed, you have your own business and you don't have a retirement, go talk to somebody. Yeah. 
number one, go talk to one of your tax professionals. Like don't go to H and R block. Like you actually got to go sit down yeah. with accountant or C, you know, a certified CPA and be like, look, I have this company, earning. Um, you know, I want to start providing retirement for myself. If not for my employees, what can I do? And you, you might want to sit down with a pen and paper because that conversation may take you places you just never know. Yes. Um, you can create all types of things and control, you know, I, I know self-employment people who create investment plans because they want to actually lower their income. Mm -hmm. They make too much, you know, yeah. it's like I'm in the highest tax bracket and I don't want to get out there and change structures to an S corp or C corp. You know, they just pump money into the retirement account. Yeah. And then from there, their income lowers and now they're in the lower tax bracket. And it's, it's amazing. You know, it's a maxing. A maxing greatness. <laughs> you know, you're definitely maxing, maximizing, you know, on all fronts in the S and I when you do that. I can't yeah. change that enough for sure. So as we get into this whole thing, I know Tyson kind of mentioned about just knowing if, you know, the financial institution you're with is actually doing you a favor and being in your benefit. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that drawback to this investment side of the I quadrant is kind of like emotions. Like yes. it's a, it's a mix. It's, um, I got mixed emotions about the topic, but uh, you know, um, definitely mixed emotions about emotions. <laughs> But, you know, if anybody who's been around in, you know, in any type of crash, whatever that be, you know, I don't know what the, if you're watching this and you were around for the first type of depression, um, but anyone who was in the stock market in 2008, like, like, yeah, everybody got crushed. I, I, I can't even tell you what, a lot of, I should say everybody, a lot of people got crashed. Yeah. You know, people that had their 401ks accounts, you know, they turned into 101ks. It was like, oh, wait, what? How did yeah. it turn to one one k? He's like, yeah, yeah. three hundred thousand went missing. Yeah, um, you know, and those are the people that I think I, you know, we were fortunate this time that there was a bailout. Um, yes, definitely fortunate. I don't, I don't know if a lot of people saw that coming or just kind of we become this nation of, I guess we're too big to fail. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what that's yeah. about. That's crazy. I, I think in not ever experiencing something like that the way they were they thought they could shore up the economy the best i feel was that instead of letting the survival of the fittest take over right but if you if you have anyone who survived the last depression before this like you know you got to know that there's bad companies out there you yeah. know we talked about this last time like they were just horror bad companies doing bad things like yeah. they should have been allowed to fail unfortunately yeah, i agree 100 percent no. I don't think we should ever have done that or do it again. No, this wasn't just a market correction. This was like, you know, again, I'm not trying to get into the whole thing of, of what happened back then. Just, just know that there are bear markets. There are bull markets. For those of you that don't know what that is, the bear is when it goes down, the bull is when it goes up mm -hmm. and just kind of, kind of know that, you know, at some point you will lose a little bit of money. Yeah. You know, not, that's very realistic in a down market you're gonna lose some money um you know but on the upside when it goes back into the bull market and we're we're going back up again um you know i guess i have this thing out here right but you know you're making money making money making money and then all of a sudden you lose money here you know this is the part where emotions kick in because mm -hmm. at this point 
people are thinking, oh, I'm losing money, I'm losing money. If you went out here, sorry, can you see the bill? I gotta just double check and make sure. Yeah, we can see, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, so, you know, but if you were the person, and I guess I'll use two different colors, right? Um, but if you're a person that bought here, and the market's coming down, and now you're selling here, you know, you're in a losing proposition, you know, versus the person who purchased down here, you know what I mean? They're coming up, they see a market correction here, and they sell here too. It's like the red people made money. Yeah. The blue people lost money. Yes. You know, so you kind of got to be aware of where you're at because eventually at some point, I don't know how far this, I'm just going to dot this line. I don't know how far this line is going to go down, but at some point, this line eventually is going to head back up again. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you're the blue person, you know, you should be cashing out up here. Yeah. You know, if you're the red person, I, and I think, I think I've seen people do the strategy. You can maybe sell half of your position here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know Realize your gains. You know, you, you take profits here to cover what you spent here and then you wait and then you capitalize up here, you know, or other strategies could be, if you're red here and you yeah. notice this, you can also double down. You can buy again here. Yeah, buy some more. So that when it comes up here to this line, you can sell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you got two tranches to sell from. You know, you just kind of got to be aware of, of what's what's out there. And this is why I'm, I'm trying to tell people that get into the I quadrant. Yeah. Put your leg in it. Get your feet wet. Because there are so many things out there that can be making you money that you may not be aware of you know definitely get out there educate yourself and definitely see the things that, that can come to fruition i don't know if you have anything to add to that or no no absolutely as well said i mean the point of this is about emotions and do do things in your benefit to get your emotions out of it from when you make these rash decisions, I don't know how many people during that 2008 market crash, they're like, oh, I'm selling everything in my 401k. I'm getting out. I'm not doing this stuff anymore. It's like, no, stop. If you sell now, you are guaranteed those losses. Yeah. Versus if you just stay away and stop listening to the hype on the television and whatever and letting your, yourself get, get, you know, so invested in this. And especially if this is not your full-time gig, you're not going to know what's happening and if you've never been privy to these types of things you're just gonna make rash decisions off of your emotions you know so do things to your advantage to to, to automate these things let let these systems and these processes and the you know sometimes the algorithms or the professionals handle these things that are like when these Definitely. things happen they're like ooh, opportunity because when that happened in 2008 all i said was time to get in and buy yeah and i capitalized and everybody running for the hills. And I bought as much as I used all my liquid money and, and I bought as much as I could. Because I knew the things that I were getting into um, with one, one loss, I wound up in one, one company I bought, wound up in, in stuck in bankruptcy court. But everything else I, 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 I bought, there were some things I wish I did, I did buy that I was apprehensive about. But nevertheless, I saw opportunity and I bought and I, and I you know, when everybody's running, and everybody's scared, that's your time yeah. to make money. 
Oh, everybody's oh, happy wow. and fat. Maybe it's time to think about pulling out. It's it's interesting that you have that concept because I was on the other end. You know, I was. Yeah. In, and we were in the same room. Like, dude, yeah. get in here. You're like, fuck this. Yeah. I was yeah. like, dude, I just lost money today. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you're looking at. I'm doubling down. We're both looking at the same stock, and um, we're know, in the same room. You're you're looking at the price to buy, and I'm I'm looking. You know what I mean? Like, if I had back on the board, I was right. that blue ball that was up here. Yes. I, my my stock just crashed because yeah. I and I owned it. You know, and you're over there like, oh, it's time to buy, and I'm like, I now let's go money. Like, yeah. You know, but it's and, hard. It's if if we never went through these things, and we had the the, the knowledge and the, the thing, you know, to, 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 to find this and see this and say, Oh, time to get in. You know, I wish I had more money then. You know how I many people got very wealthy or wealthy during that time. They bought up tons of real estate. They bought up tons of stocks. They bought up There's a movie. It's called the big short. Like it's a great movie. movie the big short. I'll, I'll link that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, made a lot of money. There's tons of stuff. And you know, these, when people are running, these are the times you sit back and you look and say, you know, is this, is there an opportunity here that people aren't seeing or are scared of, you know? Right. Right. And Look we, that. again, we, that 2008, we were fortunate that the government did do a bailout. Yes. And because of that, people saw gains from 2008. If you bought at the later half, maybe November, December, 2008, um, you see runs like the stock market corrected itself in what, two, three weeks. Something. It was quite, quite quick. Yeah right after everything was was settled like yeah it got settled yeah. quickly you know normal market corrections of that take longer than two yeah. to three weeks you know yeah what i mean once the economy kind of figured out we're going to be okay the government's going to bail us all the stock markets just shot back up mm-hmm. and those were the also the times where i also had people coming to me with their 401k like ratson you're doing these stock things you're in real estate like what should i do with my 401k and then i just asked them i was like well what happened you know how what was the situation like, well i've had my 401k forever and then in 2008 it just started losing money mm-hmm. and I, that's when i sit back and i say don't do anything don't yeah. touch anything there's a bailout coming so yeah. you, you may not you know you went from 401k to 101k i get it your emotions are high right now but know that there's going to be a bailout if you sell now 101k is all you got locked in you know, but once the recovery starts happening, you may get, you're probably going to get a 201k. You may even get a 301k. So just hang in there. Yeah. And, and for the people that at that moment, once you realize what's going on, you know, you, you hold on and it goes back up, yeah. you know, you're just in that position. So yeah. and I understand when you lose 50%, you need a hundred percent to get back to even. Yeah. Oh. Don't Again, I'm trying to just let you know that emotions are going to take its yes. toll. Yes. When you, when you got skin in the game, right? When money's on the line, you know, yeah. especially this is your retirement account we're talking about. Um, for those of you that have built it up from the second quarter, you know what I mean? Uh, and now it's, now it's big and then it finally takes a dip. You're going to feel that emotion. You're going to feel your heart sink in. Right? But that's when the times you got to just take a step back you know, and start making educated decisions. Again, go seek professionals, go talk to people about what's going on. And don't, don't be playing looky-loo in your 401ks and stuff. Just leave it alone. Yeah. Let it it grow. I'm one to see that you should kind of check on it occasionally. I'm not saying not check on it, but there's people that get compulsive. They're always in there and they're 
Yeah, they're always in there checking like, out. Oh, last week I was down four four percent. This week I'm up six percent. Next week I'm down twelve. I'm like, I'll play this. Stop. I definitely for those people who if you're on an emotional roller coaster like that by checking it. Um, and some people, they might have anxiety and that's the reason that they're checking it. You know, I, I would try to stay away from that. You know, you just got to get educated, know that you're going to have some losses, you know, take your lickings when you get them and, you know, you're going to have some wins. You know, I definitely think that emotions sometimes make people do a lot of the wrong things. Yes. They buy when they shouldn't buy, they sell when they shouldn't sell. And, um, you know, again, if you're going to get started in this, it's not a scare tactic. You're just trying to no, prepare no. you for what's going on and that, you know, maybe putting your type of investment and you running your own stocks and doing your own day trading, maybe that's not the thing for you. You know, maybe go find a company out there. Um, I don't know. I, I, I hear you mention it. I, I see their name wrong all the time, but what is it? Wealth, 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 wealth front. I, that's one I like. It's, it's, it's come out of this, this downturn that happened, they, they do stuff with very, very, very low management fees. It's all algorithms and computerized. There's no offices. There's no, all these things. So, you know, I like that kind of stuff. That's one of the things I use to, you know, and I, and I just, every month automatically just money comes out of my checking account and goes right in there and it just does its thing. And I maybe yeah. once every six months, 12 months, whatever, I'll, I'll peek in, you know, and the one thing I like about that too is um, if I, if there's, you know, there's been a, you know, some times where I'm like, Ooh, I see something or whatever. And I'm like, I need quick cash. I know I can jump in there and I can, I can pull that money to be in my chicken account within a few days, you know? So that's something I like to do is one of the strategies I use. Good. Yeah. And you know, again, this, the whole thing is to get started. Yeah. Just kind of know that, you know, we just want to forewarn you that emotions are going to play a role. Yes. Just kind of be aware of that. Know what's going in. Maybe, maybe that'll, maybe you can get started at less. Don't put all your money in there, but yeah, you know, definitely trying to find something that's right for you. And that's going to ultimately work for you because in today's world, you need a leg in the eye. You need to be in the eye quadrant. Doing something is better than doing nothing for lack of knowledge or scared or whatever it is. Yeah. Get past that. I'm not saying to become an expert in this industry. Just get a base knowledge so you can understand a little bit what's happening, what people are saying, and just get going. Walk away and go back to do what you're, you're doing for your life yeah. and your livelihood. And there's a lot of info out there. You can go YouTube stuff. You can Google. You can go talk to professionals. You know, there's a lot of stuff you can do, a lot of books you can read that are, that are out there to help get you started. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, the sky's the limit. Yes. Always. always. So I kind of want to, I guess, talk a little bit or just recap some of the things that people can get into. Absolutely. Uh, for me, I guess, because I'm the real estate person, definitely, you know, that's one way to go too. You don't want to get involved with all the stocks and all this 401k stuff. <clears throat> you can go buy some real estate. You know, that Airbnb is like a popular hot thing out there. Um, yeah. And I am a licensed professional in real estate. Um, but I, you know, for people out there that want to go try something like that, that's definitely, there are, it's very hard to actually find a legitimate place to do those, but they're so popular nowadays that. Yeah. 
you know, people can make money off of it. It's, it's crazy. Um, but definitely finding some type of investment, whether it be real estate, whether it be stocks. Yeah. Um, and, and understand what real estate, it doesn't have to be this single family home. I mean, you can get into oh, yeah. townhouses and apartments and mobile homes and, and yeah. land. there's so many things. Well, out here in Hawaii, you know, mobile homes are illegal, but right. just depending where you're watching this video, mobile homes are a good way to go. The lots are cheap. Yeah. You know, like you could probably get started for 5,000, maybe less. I don't know. area, we looked at some things. Yeah, you know, definitely. We, we looked at some, some things up there, but yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, I definitely agree. It doesn't have to be a, a single family house. You know, yeah. if you don't own your own home, if you're renting right now, definitely take a look at trying to purchase your own home. I definitely think that, yeah, you're going to be making the same payment that's equivalent to rent for the next 30 years, mm -hmm. but 30 years, that payment goes away. Yeah. Every dollar is money in your pocket after that, those yeah. 30 years. Yeah. Sure. And, and a lot of times you can get more house for the same money you're paying your rent. That's something that's possible. Well, depends, depends where you're at. In Hawaii, I don't necessarily find that that's true. Yeah. Uh, I'm just but, saying that those are possibilities. You know, $13 a month mortgage, is not necessarily the same as a fifty hundred a month rental? Yeah. You know, so there is, you know, thirteen hundred. Let's just use it as a number. You know, maybe like, oh, this is thing. But if we we bought something the same size or maybe just a little smaller, we can be paying eleven hundred dollars a month right. mortgage versus paying the thirteen dollars a month in rent. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yes, there are things that go along with that. There are some arguments for people. I know very wealthy. I want to say, if not a hundred millionaires, billionaires, they're like, I don't give a fuck about buying shit. I rent because I don't want to worry about it. Yeah. There's, there are different schools of thought, but things to entertain, you know, it's not about, you know, fixing and flipping stuff like you see on TV. That's not necessarily the only way, you know, there's lots of things. There's lots of different things starting small. There's this really um, awesome site. Um, I'll, I'll put in the show notes where you can buy fractional shares of, realistic yeah, I remember you talking about that so that that look there's so many things you know um get out there and start looking around poking around a little bit here and there and you're gonna yeah. find so many opportunities also getting on the real estate thing but there are stocks and stocks have different categories yeah. but you can also get into these stocks they're called REITs right real estate investment trusts yeah so you purchase them similarly to as you would a stock However, the dividends and stuff that you get on those returns, and that's something we didn't even talk about either when you buy Oh, stuff. yeah. You know, it's just, it's taxed a little bit differently as real estate. So, you know, and even buying a REIT, you can chime in, you can listen to their, their, their meetings, their minutes, you know, yeah. and you can you know, see the things that they're getting into. Some of it may be over your head, but, you know, uh, that's a good way to get involved in real estate. If you don't, you know, you're not comfortable doing things. Maybe you just go purchase a REIT and then you follow that company, kind of see what they're doing and, and just provide insight. You know, yes. there's so many different kinds of things. Uh, for people out there that have employers that match your 401k, uh, I can't, I don't know how many times you've mentioned yeah. that in those last two episodes. If you're in the E quadrant looking to get into I, that's a very, very good way. And if they match, that's yeah. free. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Even if you're, you're in the E and maybe you're thinking, you know, maybe one day or soon I want to switch over to an S or something along those lines. Still take advantage of that free three, five, seven, eight percent, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Take advantage of that. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. You can always, when you do leave that company, you can always roll that over into other opportunities. Yeah, definitely roll it over into something else. Or, And for those of you that, again, getting back to the real estate thing, if you have a 401k out there, you can use that money from your 401k to buy your home. Definitely, you're going to have to pay it back yes. um, with a little bit of interest, but it's definitely possible. You can yeah. use that money as a down payment for your home. So I definitely recommend 401k matching. That's kind of a no brainer. I, I've even heard of, um, I, I, I know this is a bit ago and I, I'm not sure how, um, how it's still working. If it, if it's the laws have been changed, but people were partnering with their retirement accounts to buy investment properties. Yeah. Like me and my Definitely. 401k are partners. Well, property yeah again we're not professionals i wouldn't yeah. say I'm just something I've, i heard about before those and are, I, I had those are probably going to be more self self-directed ira accounts that right you know, yeah that's what it yeah there you go. that's what it was right I, I think that's the verbiage but again you know this is the part where go seek a professional go find out hey i have this yeah. retirement account that's been stale forever and it's kind of making me some money but what can i do with it yeah. you just that conversation alone just might open up and change your world you know, mm -hmm. having those kinds of things. And don't be, you know, don't be discouraged or whatever. If you go and you see somebody maybe that you've been or a year and they go, I have no idea. You're stupid. I've never heard of that. Thank you so much. Go find somebody else that knows about it. Yeah, definitely. Be tactful. Be like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of what I was interested okay, in. Cool. Yeah. You know, um, do you know somebody that might know about that? You know, um, and again, just have the conversation. Yeah, just because you get turned on by one person doesn't necessarily mean that that, that doesn't exist. That might just not be that the expert that you want to go seek. Right. Or sometimes, you know, I've had conversations with professionals and they're like, yeah, I know, but I don't believe in that. I'm like, well, can you help me with it? They're like, no, cause I don't want to do it. Okay. That's great. And yeah. I have to go find another professional. Yeah. Not a problem. Yeah. That's definitely for sure. And then I guess I, I want to add this out there, even though it's not necessarily an investment per se, but they do have those education funds for your children. Yeah. Um, this is just, I want to, you know, because we talked a lot about the B and the S having so many tax advantages, yeah. um, as an E, you can get started on a fund for education for your, ch for your child, you know, mm -hmm. and that will come off of your before tax money. Right. So that money will kind of come down and, and bring your tax liability down. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, it's not necessarily an investment for you, right? Yeah. But that's an investment for your child so that they can go to college, yeah. you know, and, and that's lowering your your tax liability right. in, in, the, in the now. In the now, you, you get to pay that with pre-tax dollars instead of paying taxes on it and then paying for your child's education, which is what right. you can do anyway. Which is with post-tax yeah. money anyway, so, or so loans. You, you might as well take advantage of that too. That's definitely something out there for you. Yeah, and I know um, Wealthfront just launched a program to help with those college savings funds. Oh, okay. Another, yeah another um service or opportunity to try and leverage your money to the best of your ability all right awesome yeah sweet and then with that you know we had talked about 401ks we talked about real estate those are investments that uh even the college education fund mm -hmm. children those are investments that once you put money in those sections mm -hmm. they're kind of locked away right are, i did mention you can take out money from your 401k to buy a house but that's like one of the very few exceptions yeah. if you want to just pull money out because you you need help with something you you there's going to be penalties and stuff that you're going to pay for that 
mm-hmm. especially in real estate, if you want to pull money out of your real estate investment, like you, you might have to sell that investment and that's going to take or taking out a new mortgage or yeah, you know, there, there are other things, but yeah. you know, for those of you that want to venture out uh, and you, and you're brave enough, maybe you can just get out there and be a day trader. You know, who knows? Oh. I'm not, yeah. You know, yeah. they have a lot of these brokerage accounts that they give you electronic money, right? They, yeah. It's a virtual account that yeah. runs off real market data yeah. and you can practice. You can go in there and you can get started and just practice trading. You know what I mean? See how you're going to do. It's not even real money. It's just fake money. You know, it's just, it's all digital stuff. Don't feel bad if you start winning. And you're like, man, I could have had a million dollars. You know, you also could have lost a million dollars, but yes. But, but you know, that's just all it get started, get educated. That's yes. definitely, we're all about awareness on the show. Get out there. Yes. There's so many things. I mean, the investment realm is, is vast. And, you know, you start getting into these spots of it. People get very creative and things. Yeah. You never thought look, were possible or whatever. Look, I mean, at, many things. look at Bitcoin. Like who would have thought, you know what I mean? I was looking at Bitcoin some years ago. And I was like, and the only reason I didn't buy Bitcoin because it was so hard to get a wallet and all this stuff. And I was worried right. about some of these things. And, you know, I didn't see the potential. I thought it would be kind of fun. Like, I right, 20 bucks. I'll get a Bitcoin. That sounds kind of fun to like, you know, because I yeah, like that tech and all these things. I would have been a millionaire, but yeah. whatever. I don't, I don't dwell on stuff. I don't play in the wood of shit, could have land, you know. But there's so many things out there. Maybe you know, the next guy's going to come up with some, some beautiful algorithm that's going to go out there and revolutionize the industry. You know, you don't know. You know, there's, there's so many things. There's so many opportunities. And, yeah. and like we keep harping on, you know, get, get started. Whether it's something simple or a little bit more advanced, it doesn't matter. Just get in there and get your head down. Yeah, and, and, and run with it. So, you know, again, this is like a two-part episode, and it's kind of long. There were a lot of concepts in here. Yes. Um, it wasn't necessarily meant to be like a book review or anything, but yeah. this is kind of, I like the idea of the whole E and the S, the B and the I quadrant, because mm-hmm. it kind of opens up people's minds. I think that's mm-hmm. that's the goal. That's what I was going after is that yeah. kind of, you know, so. I guess and that's just the thing when, oh, sorry. Um, when, when, I, when we learned about this, it, these, are, these this opened up my eyes and my mind, like all these things I had in my head. I was like, oh, this is how it works. Like, this is the formula you maybe use and these are the sections and these are the roads to get on to navigate through. And, you know, this, my big goal is to have a, a B, a B business and it be a, be a big B business that does a lot of good in the world and does, you know, provides a lot of things for people, you know, as well as dipping my toes in the eyes. Cause I know I should be hedging in different things and, 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 and these things, but without this knowledge, without being introduced to these concepts, not, let alone practicing them and, you know, doing these things, I would have never thought these things. Who knows where I would be now or, or, or what it be. So yeah. get out there and figure this, you know, figure out where you want to be. And, 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 you know, I hope this helped and get you guys enlightened and, you know, bringing the awareness to the things that are possible, you know, even if you yeah. didn't know. Okay. Well, I guess just kind of, I kind of want to sum everything up. Like, yeah, let's bring know, it together from, from, from all of that, I guess. You want to talk about Joe the Builder then? Is that kind of... Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a good little analogy we can use to, <laughs> to bring this all together. You want me to start, start it out? 
Yeah, go ahead, man. All right. So this yeah. is we, we, when we were when we were coming up with this episode. We're, we're so passionate. We're so we live so deep in this space. Where you know, my challenge to us was how can we bring this together in two or three sentences? And knowing that that wasn't possible, the thought experiment was yeah. The stilling this down was the 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 exercise that was there, and it was hard. So this is something a kind of little story we came up with. So so we have Joe the builder. He's out there. He's a he's a contractor. Um, he, I'm sorry, he's just a construction worker. He's out there, he's building, he's building houses. He's like, boy, you know what, man? I could, I could do this for myself. He goes out and becomes a contractor. Now, he's moved from the E into the S. Yeah, he quit his boy. job, right? And then he went out and started his own business. Boom, yeah. So now he's, he's just an S and he starts to, you get a couple employees. No, now he's, now he's a small business. He starts to go out and he starts building these things and he starts getting good and, 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 and you know, being, being a guy known for quality at, at great prices. And his business starts to grow. He's just hiring more employees. Yeah. And he starts to notice like, while I'm getting up there in revenue and, and growing and I'm expanding, I need to take my business into the B so I can, yeah. I can capture more of the money I'm making. So the key here is it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you keep. Yeah. Okay? So take that and try and find the how much money you can keep. You make $10 million a year and you're only keeping two you might be doing something wrong, okay? So now Joe is, is like, I got to be able to, to give more to the community and be able to build bigger things. I'm going to go here. Now he can get investors. He can start going public and selling shares. Right. So now That's he's taking his thing into the iQuadrant. And not only is he now into the iQuadrant, he's able to bring other people into iQuadrant and make yeah. money off of his ideas in his projects yeah and see and that's kind of like the whole wraparound of everything is like people going from the e you know to the s to the b to the i and this is just like a little like a snippet or story and it doesn't have to be this way for for you watching this you can as an employee if you're happy in that realm like we talked about last week like yeah. you're happy in that realm be there yeah. you know just put a little leg into the eye you know yes. what i mean Go buy shares of Joe the Builder's company or whatever yeah. it is you're gonna do. Remember. You know? yeah. um, and same thing for people who are in the S. If you like being there, that's great. We just we just know that eventually, some point in time, you know, you want to talk about that exit strategy. Are you gonna create a B and sell it? Are you gonna create a B and just have that make money for you over mm -hmm. time? Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're already in the B and I sections, hey, that's that's great for you. You know. Oh definitely find ways that you can you know like joe the builder find ways that other investors can be part of of what you are you know either um helping them do things or at the same time maybe finding other people to go in on investments with you know yeah. it's kind of definitely just putting everything i like that story about joe the builder because you know he's actually eventually at one point he's encompassing all of the quadrants yeah and, and reaching out so definitely i was i was gonna say something and i forgot that's okay man not important <laughs> so with that i guess uh if you missed last week's episode go ahead and check it out it's kind of what we, out. we talked about the the e and the s section there again disclaimers um i myself am a licensed real estate professional but that's it you know by no accounts are we lawyers or tax accountants or you know professionals and in investments of any kind these are just basically ideas 
yeah. and experiences that we've had that we want to share with you to enlighten you, bring you awareness. Absolutely. And, and please don't be afraid. I hear this a lot to have these conversations. But on the caveat to that, don't let not having these conversations stop you from starting something. Yeah. You know what I mean, I know a lot of people, um, they play that entrepreneur game. They're like, well, I haven't seen my accountant yet. I haven't seen my lawyer, so I can't go sell a t-shirt. Yeah. Go, go sell a t-shirt. Don't let that be your excuse to stop you. But at the same yeah. time, please do see these professionals and to allow you to keep as much of the money as you earn. Right. And then on the other side, you know, maybe you, maybe you don't have enough, um, you know, whatever it is in you to pull the trigger, yeah. but definitely get out there and load the gun, you know, go, yeah. go do some research, go look at books. We have some books in last week's episode and this week's episode, yes. go read into it, go look things up on YouTube. Definitely. If you're not really to get started by getting started, yeah. get started by educating yourself. Definitely. And that's the challenge this week. Yep. You're now aware. Now go get started. Yeah. Take this information and validate it for yourself. Yeah, I like that. And then execute. Yep. And that should be the concept you go through with life. Don't go out willy-nilly when you hear people say stuff. Go validate and then execute. I like that. Boom. Okay? And then on the books... The book that inspired this episode, Cashflow Quadrants by Robert Kiyosaki. I would yep. encourage you, if you haven't, read the precursor to that, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. That will help bring the language into things. Your mind will start to go. And when you get into Cashflow Quadrants, you'll have that base knowledge so it's easier to understand what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, Ransom. Another book we got here is Automatic Millionaire by David Bach. Tyson talked about taking your emotions away from things. Um, automatic millionaire is a pretty good book and how he basically automatically takes money from his paycheck and throws it into these investments accounts. You don't see it. Money's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. You live with the rest and your investments do their own thing. Very good book. And you know, um, that sparked something that Tony Robbins in his books, um, from last week, we also recommended unshakable and money master the game. Um, one thing that they were talking about was, um, taking every time you have a raise, taking that raise and just directing that directly to some type of retirement or 401k. So you're always living on, let's say 50 K, even though your real salary is now 70 K and you're just investing at all that money, maybe an idea of that on that automatic millionaire side of things where you can yeah. automate these things and work with your employer or, you know, whatever it'd be to make that happen for you. That's good. And then another book we got here is stay mad for life by Jim Cramer. I don't know. Um, actually, his show is pretty good too. Mad Money. I don't know. Yeah. He's got he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of uh, bizarre things in that show, but he's actually pretty good. Um, he's a good, fun personality. Very fun. Very very entertaining personality. In his book, he talks about how to just go on your own and you know start investing in stocks. I think his threshold is maybe like five to ten k in his book. Yeah, what he recommends. But he recommends you know, 10. definitely you want to get out there and. Not necessarily be a day trader. He's got a lot of different strategies on how to do stocks. Yeah. Uh, Stay Mad for Life by Jim Cramer is a good book. He's also got a show, Mad Money, you can you can watch too. On uh, CNBC. Yep. And then, um, as always, we have a giveaway. Um, this is a whole month-long giveaway here. This uh, is going to be the Obstacles Away and the... Um, the uh, Ego's Enemy coins, and then the um, books that that um, these 
these have come from. These are great things, especially you know, talking about emotions, ego, it plays a big part in a lot of things that we do and understanding that and being able to conquer that. But it's going to be these coins and then the, um, the books that go along with it. Uh, head over to the social show slash pick me to enter the win. Um, and I said the contest is open until the end of May the 31st. All right. And then in closing here, um, you know, like always, you know, Ransom, thank you very much for coming on. And this is a lot of work to put the show together. I really yeah. do thank you and appreciate you for that. All of you here. Um, Thank you very much for you know investing your time and getting this far to the show. I really, really hope you guys um, really learned a lot and opened your eyes to things and possibilities that are out there, whether you knew about them or maybe didn't. Some new ideas have sparked. Thanks for joining us. You can also join us on our journey all week long at Win the War From Within on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube. There's, there's This episode will live and, and, and so many others and things are there. And, and as always, all the show looks show notes and links will be available at the social chameleon.show along with the book recommendations and other things are there thank you guys so much you guys have a great night hey before you guys take off don't forget to like share and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps like apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher anchor and many more leaving a review on itunes or whatever app you use will really help our show reach more amazing people just like you we'll see you on next episode